1201, written by J.E. Swainston, based on an original story by Laura Moore. Exterior Alley, Morning. A nondescript man, 20s, dressed in monochrome business attire, loiters in a dingy alley. He stands staring at the opposite wall. Another man, Gabriel Ryder, 40s to 50s, enters the alley and stops in front of the first man. The two men stare at each other for a moment until Gabriel takes a knife from his pocket and slices his thumb. He jams the bleeding thumb into the mouth of the other man. The nondescript man seizes and falls to the ground, foaming at the mouth. The hooded man waits until he stops moving and then leaves the alley out the other end. Exterior City Street, late afternoon. Super, day one. A woman, Claire Papillon, 30s, petite, conservatively dressed, hunched shoulders, shuffles along, staring at her phone, past storefronts, some empty, some not. Kevin Clay, 30s, average build, flashy clothes, following quietly. They pause at a traffic light, waiting to cross. Kevin stands slightly behind and to her right. The light changes and Claire crosses. Kevin crosses with her, holding a cell phone to his ear. Her cell phone rings. She answers. A man's voice says, hey baby. She laughs. Hi Kevin, where are you? She reaches the other side of the street and stops. Kevin stops right behind her. Right behind you. Claire looks confused, then turns to look. She grins at him and puts her phone away. They continue down the street together. Hi. Cute. Yeah, I know I'm cute. Kevin tries to take Claire's hand, but she puts it in her pocket. He does the same. Why don't you just speak to me? Without the phone. Didn't want to scare you. Last time I did that, you jumped out of your skin and got really mad. Oh, well, sorry. Also, or you also didn't even look to see who was behind you. Is that safe? It's broad daylight, and I know self-defense. I remember. I taught your class. <laughs> Yeah, and do you remember me putting you on your ass many, many times? Yep. I taught you well. They continue past storefronts and empty parking lot. 
So how was your day? Yeah, it was a day. Beer is beer. Right. It's all chemistry. Exactly. And you're happy enough doing that? I mean... Yeah? What? Well, it's just, you're an engineer. You know, a big fancy degree and all. It's fine. Beer is chemistry. Kevin stops, glances into a nearby storefront. Claire joins him. The windows are all covered with posters advertising an art exhibit opening the following day. Kevin moves closer, stares intently at the posters. Claire pokes him on the shoulder. What's caught your attention? This. The, this exhibit. We, we should go. Really? She points, reads the poster. The dystopian body, an exhibit that will blow your mind. You want to see this? Sure. Why not? I like art. So do you. Yeah, but this sounds cheesy. Blow my mind. Give it a chance. It's something we can do together. Yeah, I suppose. Claire starts walking again, and with a backward glance, Kevin turns to follow her. Gabriel Ryder, wild eyes and hair, steps out of the doorway of the store. Gabriel shoves a pamphlet into Kevin's hand. Kevin grabs it, stands staring at Gabriel. Claire stops and looks behind, calling to Kevin. Are you coming? Let's go. I want to get home. Kevin jumps, shoves the pamphlet into his pocket, continues. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Kevin glances at the silent man and jogs to catch up with Claire. They continue along the street. What was that about? Oh, uh, he gave me a pamphlet. About what? The exhibit, I guess. Well, um, we may not be able to go tomorrow. My mother is trying to get us to go come over for dinner. Ugh. I don't want to have dinner with your mom. Not that I don't like her or anything. Claire glares at him. <laughs> I know. Hell, I don't want to go either. She's always pressuring us to get married and have a family. Like, that's the most important thing in life. Yeah. Right? And, it, and what if, I mean, what if we decide to go our separate ways? Marriage will only complicate that. You trying to tell me something? Stop. Just don't, okay? You sure? Because, because if you are, hey, just tell me. Claire stops and grabs Kevin's arm. She glares at him. We're fine. I just don't like her pressuring us. Yeah. Okay. Good. Right? Good. They walk in silence until they reach an older building that has been converted into apartments. Kevin unlocks the door and they go inside. Interior, Claire and Kevin's apartment door. Claire dashes up the stairs and arrives at their apartment door. Kevin is right behind her as she stops short, staring. He bumps into her. Hey, sorry. What's up? Claire is staring at the base of the door. On the floor of the hallway, right in front of their apartment door, is a small box wrapped in brown packing paper. Claire's name is scrawled on the paper. She stares at the box. Kevin reaches for it, 
but she stops him. What? I don't know. Where did that come from? It has no melanin dust, just my first name? Yeah, that's a little weird. No kidding. You think it's dangerous? No. Why? Do you? Claire glares at him. I don't know, but don't you think it looks, it's weird that it's just sitting there at our door? We don't know where it came from. Kevin suppresses a laugh. Oh, what? What if it's a, a severed finger? Cool. Kevin laughs as Claire glares at him. Why would anyone send me a severed finger? I don't know. Why would anyone send you anything? Okay, that's nice. Sorry. It was a joke that uh, clearly wasn't funny. Can we go inside? Let's go inside. Claire unlocks the door as Kevin retrieves the package. The door shuts behind them. Interior, Claire and Kevin's apartment. Inside, a tidy one-room bachelor apartment. Claire dumps her jacket and purse and grabs the package from Kevin, taking it into the kitchen. Kevin follows her. She grabs a sharp knife from the knife block and sits at the table. Kevin goes to the fridge and retrieves a beer. Claire opens the package. Kevin sighs, sets down his beer, and takes the knife. She grabs the package and slits it open along the top. What are you doing? I want to see what's inside. But why are you opening it? It's my package. I thought you thought it was dangerous. Fine. Why don't you go start dinner? Yeah, yeah. When I finish this. Kevin slices and dices at the paper, stabbing the knife into the box. Claire grabs it from him. Wow. Okay, stop. You might ruin what's inside. You can't ruin a severed finger. Kevin, really? Claire grabs the box as Kevin takes a slug of his beer. Claire turns the box over in her hands, then shoves her fingers into the slices Kevin's knife has made and pulls it open. She stops suddenly and pulls her fingers away, staring at the box. What? What's wrong? Is it sticky? Claire gives him a look and shakes her head. No, not sticky. Solid and it feels a little warm. Warm. Claire, Claire glares at him and carefully peels back the paper until the small cardboard box is bare. She sets the box on the table and cautiously pulls open the flap. She peers into the box as Kevin leans over her shoulder. She pushes him back and stops as she sees a strange object inside. She reaches into the box and grasps what looks like a human heart. She pulls it out and it starts to glow faintly pink. What the hell is that supposed to be? More importantly, how is it glowing? It's hollow? No place for a battery? Maybe it's radioactive. Radioactivity is green. Isn't that only in the movies? It's not radioactive, Kevin. She glances at him, irritated. Can you start dinner? There's chicken thought out in the fridge. He gives her a dull look. Yeah, sure. 
Kevin downs the rest of his beer and turns to grab the chicken from the fridge. Claire peers at the object, mesmerized. Kevin grabs the box and is about to throw it out when he spots a small paper inside. He pulls it out and unfolds it, but Claire grabs it from him. Hey, Grabby. You grabbed it first. Whatever this is, is mine, and so is the note. Kevin sighs and steps back. Claire sets the heart down on the table where it continues to glow softly as she studies the note. The note has a scrawled message. The letters, looking like a toddler, drew them. It reads, return the heart to the body by 12 noon. Three days, world will end. She shows it to Kevin. What the hell does this mean? I don't know. It's yours, isn't it? You figure it out. I'm making dinner. You want wine or not? Claire shoots him a sour look and then sighs, tucking the note into the heart and setting it aside. Wine. Now. Kevin grins and pulls wine from the fridge and a glass from the cupboard. He fills it and hands it to Claire, who takes a big gulp and then sighs. Kevin, can I, can I ask you something weird? Kevin glances at her as he flays the chicken. Yeah, okay. You ever, you ever feel bored? He takes a lemon and slices it in half, glancing at her. Bored? With what? Oh, I don't know. Your life? He pauses and grabs a large saute pan with a lid, places it on the stove, pours in some olive oil, and turns on the heat. No. Claire sips her wine and turns to him, watching as he cooks the chicken, adds capers, lemon juice, and chicken broth. Never. I mean, I know you like your job, but I don't know. Don't you ever just want something else? He places the lid on the pan, grabs another beer from the fridge, opens it, pauses, takes a slug, turns to Claire. Are you bored with your life? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, what are you saying then? I mean, I'd like you to get all existential. She eyes him over the rim of her glass. I'm not contemplating anything. It's just, I don't know. Silence falls. The smoke alarm jars them, and Kevin turns to find the pan with the chicken smoking. Claire races to turn the smoke alarm off. Kevin puts the smoking pan in the sink. He and Claire stare at each other. She picks up the phone. Pizza or Chinese? Kevin grins at her. <sighs> Chinese. My treat. I'll get my card. Kevin grabs his wallet and hands her his credit card as she dials. Interior kitchen, following morning. Super, day two. Claire stumbles to the kitchen and reaches for the coffee pot. She makes the coffee, then sits at the kitchen table to wait. She reaches for the box with the heart and the note, pulling the items out of the box. She studies the note, looking puzzled. Okay, mystery gift giver. What does this mean? What body? She glances at Kevin, where he is passed out in the bed. She stares into space, then opens the browser on her phone and types heart to the body. Over 60 million hits come back. She sighs heavily and is startled by the sound of Kevin getting out of bed 
and closing the door to the bathroom. Kevin? I'm up, just doing my morning thing. Oh, okay. Coffee's on. Okay. Interior bathroom. Kevin sits on the edge of the bathtub and rubs his face. After a moment, he pulls the pamphlet he got from Gabriel out of the pocket of his bathrobe. It is a badly photocopied pamphlet. On the cover in big block letters, it reads, The End Is Here. He flips it open and reads quietly to himself. Are you sick and tired? Sick and tired of feeling hopeless? Feel like there's nothing to live for? He continues reading and then stands, moving in front of the bathroom mirror. A trickle of blood runs from one nostril. He runs the water and washes the blood away. As he dries his face with a towel, he pulls his cell phone from his other pocket and dials. He waits until Debbie, the receptionist, on the other end, picks up. Good morning, Dr. Barrett's office. This is Debbie. Hi, uh, Debbie. It's Kevin Clay. Uh, I got a message that my results were back. Um, can you tell me anything over the phone? Good morning, Kevin. And no, I can't actually tell you anything. But I will tell Dr. Barrett that you called and she'll call you right back. Should you call you at this number? Yeah, yes, thanks. Okay, thanks for calling, Kevin. Yeah, thanks. Oh, and uh, tell the doc I'm still getting those headaches. If she could renew my prescription for the Oxy. I'll tell her. Fine, thanks. Kevin hangs up and slips his phone back into his pocket. He glances at the pamphlet again and tucks it away in his other pocket. He washes his hands and quietly opens the door. Interior kitchen continuous. Kevin walks into the kitchen to find Claire at the table, musing over her package and the note. He shakes his head and grabs two coffee cups from the cupboard. Claire is lost in thought and doesn't acknowledge him. He preps the coffee, banging the spoon loudly against the coffee mug as he stirs. Claire pays no attention. Kevin sets the coffee cups on the table and sits next to Claire. He stares at her. She sighs. He sighs. Good morning. Claire mumbles at him. How did you sleep? Uh, yeah, fine. Uh, can you pour the coffee? I think I have a brain tumor. Claire stares at the note, then frowns. What? Nothing. Not important. Your coffee is right in front of you. Claire glances down and picks up her cup, sipping carefully. Mm, thank you. Will you make breakfast? Sure. You trust me not to burn it? Claire ignores him. He sighs. Kevin gets up and pulls eggs, bacon, and bread from the fridge. As he preps breakfast, he chats with the distracted Claire. So, uh, did you figure anything out? What the thing is? What the note means? No, I don't know what this body is supposed to be and where I find it. What about the last part? Earth ending. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, just asking a question. Thanks. All right. I'll just make breakfast. Good. You do that. Kevin cooks eggs in one pan and bacon in another. Claire picks up her phone again and does another search. There is silence 
except for the sound of cooking and phone keys tapping. Aha! Kevin jumps. What? Um, the art exhibit. Huh? What about it? There's a website about the art exhibit we saw advertised. The one where you were so fascinated by, um, the one you said we should go to. No. How did you connect that dot? I didn't connect anything, but it's a piece of, uh, it's a place to start. Um, by the way, the bacon is starting to smoke a little. Don't overcook it. Kevin slams the spatula down on the counter. Do you want to do this? Claire glances sharply at Kevin. His expression is neutral. No, you don't have to snap. Sorry. It's just all we ever talk about is your stuff. And now you've got something, some big mystery box and well, never mind. No, no, not never mind. Say what you want to say. I just did. You're not listening. Is that it? Yeah, I guess it is. Fine. But what did you say earlier? Something about your brain? It's nothing. Don't worry about it. I was only joking. Oh, well, what, what was it? I mean, if it's a joke, I would love to laugh. Trust me, it wasn't funny. No? Okay, then. Claire stares at Kevin as he finishes cooking and portions eggs and bacon onto two plates. The toast pops up and he butters it. He puts a plate in front of Claire and turns around for the toast. He sits and hands her a fork. She stares at him as he begins to eat. Kevin. Yeah? Is there something we should talk about? No. Why? I don't want you to think that I don't care about you. But we don't always talk about my stuff only. You know that, right? Yeah. Sorry. Just not feeling great today. Claire gazes at him. Headache again? Yeah. Want me to go get your pills? No. None left anyway. Waiting here from the dock. Okay. Claire watches him eat a moment and picks up her fork. They eat in silence. Interior apartment later. Kevin is dressed as Claire exits the bathroom. He grabs his keys and wallet. Claire watches him. Um, going somewhere? Yeah, um, I have an errand to run. Really? It's Saturday morning. You don't want to watch cartoons and cooking shows with me? I would, but I really have to run this errand. I'll, I'll be back. Okay. See you later. Bye. Kevin leaves without a kiss or a backward glance. Claire sighs and sits at the table. She pulls the box close and takes out the heart and the note. She sniffs it and recoils. Ew. Paint. She studies the note again. Return the heart to the body or the earth will end by noon in three days. She sets the note down and picks up the heart. I guess I should go check out the art exhibit. Nothing else to do. Claire stands abruptly and puts the heart back into the box. She moves to the bed area and starts dressing, her usual monotones, but at the last minute, wraps a pink silk scarf around her neck. Exterior, storefront. 
Kevin stands in front of the papered-over storefront window. He studies the sign advertising the art exhibit, the dystopian body. The door opens, and Gabriel steps out. Kevin is startled and steps back as Gabriel steps into Kevin's personal space. Hi. You came back. Did you read the pamphlet? Stuck between the storefront window and Gabe, Gabe extends his hand. Kevin takes Gabriel's hand and shakes it. Yeah, uh, yes. What, um, what does it mean? Why don't you come inside? I'll explain everything. Kevin nods and the two men go into the store, the door closing behind them, the lock clicking into place. Exterior street outside the store. Claire marches to a stop at the front of the store, gazing at the window with the posters for the exhibit. She spots a gap in one of the posters and, covering her eyes, peers inside. The window is dirty and the light inside is dim, but she can see two figures. What the hell? Is that Kevin? She knocks on the glass. The two figures glance her way as the one figure waves the other to step out of sight. The first figure, Gabriel, approaches the gap in the poster and peers out at Claire. Sorry, not open yet. I know, um, but is that my boyfriend in there? His name is Kevin Clay? Gabriel blocks her view completely. Who? Claire glares at him. Can you just let me in for a moment? I have a question. Come back later, when the exhibit is open. Gabriel adjusts the poster to cover the gap. Claire jumps back, annoyed, and storms off. Interior, store. Inside the store, the light is dim. Gabe flips a light switch, and Kevin sees three rows of metal chairs, all facing the back of the store. At the back, where a counter should be, is a curtain. Pinned to the curtain is another sign that reads, The end is here. Come see the dystopian body. Gabriel gestures for Kevin to sit in one of the chairs. Kevin sits. I'm Gabriel. Kevin, uh, what um, is this? What do you think it is? I don't know. An art exhibition exhibit? Hmm. Well, sort of. It's that and maybe something else. Like what? What does the sign mean? What do you think it means? Kevin jumps to his feet and shoves the chair in front of him. How about a straight answer? Let me ask you something, Kevin. Why are you here? Do you like avant-garde artworks? Or did the pamphlet speak to something else inside you? Kevin paces. A knock at the window startles them both. Claire is peering through a gap in a poster. Gabriel waves Kevin to step out of the way and approaches the window. Gabriel speaks to Claire through the glass as Kevin stands out of sight, arms crossed, expression stern. Gabriel returns. <sighs> She's gone. I didn't tell her it was you. Now, the pamphlet. It spoke to you. Kevin pants a little. I don't... Kevin stares at Gabe, breathing heavily. I guess it's 
something inside. Can you just tell me what this is all about? How about you come back tonight? See the exhibit. I promise all will be revealed. Great. Another stupid mystery. Another. Never mind. Um, okay. I'll come back tonight. What time? Uh, eight. We start at eight. Fine. I'll be back at eight. And you better have some answers. Kevin storms to the door and slams it behind him. Interior, Claire and Kevin's apartment that night. Claire clears the table of dishes as Kevin watches her. She makes a grab for his empty wine glass, but he snatches it away from her. Hey. I'm not done. Glass is empty. Kevin grabs the neck of the almost empty wine bottle and pours the remainder into his glass. He lifts it in a toast to Claire and takes a swig, handing her the now empty wine bottle. She takes the bottle and puts it on the counter, then sits and takes her still half full glass of wine in her hand. She swills it around as Kevin glares at her over the rim of his own wine glass. What's wrong with you tonight? Me? Nothing. What's wrong with you? Oh, I don't know. My boyfriend is drunk again. Again? Uh, since when? Fine, then just drunk. Kevin swills the last of his wine down and puts the glass down. He stands quickly and leans over Claire. And I'm not drunk. And we're going out now. Oh, really? Yes. We're going to that art exhibit. Oh, I see. Thanks for making a decision for me. Good thing I wanted to go to that anyway. But I need some air first. I'll, I'll meet you there. Kevin grabs a jacket and storms out, leaving the door open. Claire, stunned, marches to the door, slams it shut. Shaking her head, she clears Kevin's wine glass from the table. A knock comes at the door. Forget your key, Kevin. Hang on. Claire hurries to the door and flings it open. There's nobody there. Confused, she steps into the hallway and sees a figure, a sinister man, age indeterminate, trench coat, hat, standing in the darkening hallway. He stands there, staring at her. She stares back. Hey, did you just knock on my door? The man ignores her, turns, and walks toward the back exit of the building. Claire takes a few steps towards him. Excuse me. Hey. The man continues out the exit and into the back parking lot. Claire grabs her apartment door, pulling it shut behind her, and hurries down the stairs after the man. Exterior street outside the store. Kevin stops in front of the store and stares at it. The window has been cleared of posters. Mood lighting spills from the window. People move past him into the store. He watches Gabriel through the window, standing next to a young woman, introducing her to the people entering. Gabriel spots him and nods, waving for him to come in. Kevin shakes his head and holds up his hand palm out in a wait gesture. Exterior apartment parking lot continuous. Rushing outside, Claire looks around for the man, but he is nowhere to be seen. 
She stares into the trees at the back of the lot, sees nothing, hears only ambient noise. Unsettled, she goes back inside. Interior, apartment hallway, Claire's apartment door. Claire marches up the stairs and reaches her apartment door. When she gets there, she finds a pictograph of an eye and the number two scratched on the door. What the hell? She reaches out to touch the pictograph and then recoils. Shaking, she goes inside and locks the door behind her. Exterior street, outside the store. Kevin stands waiting, sweat on his face, staring through the window. He pulls out his phone and dials, waiting. Claire answers. Where the hell are you? I'm waiting outside the exhibit. Can you just come home, please? We'll go to the exhibit, but I just need you to come home first. Please? Fine. I'll be right there. He hangs up and strides off towards home. Interior, apartment hallway. Kevin trudges up the stairs, stops at his apartment door, and pulls out his key. With a sigh, he puts the key in the lock, opens the door, but it stops. The safety chain is on. He hammers on the door. Claire, Claire, honey, can you uh, let me in? I'm, I'm here now. Claire's eye and a sliver of her face appear in the gap in the doorway. Her eye is wide and her pupil tightly constricted. Kevin, are you alone? Kevin tries to reach through the gap to take her hand. Claire hits his hand with the baseball bat she holds. He recoils, shaking his injured hand. What the hell, Claire? Let me in. I'm alone. I'm nobody else. Claire pants. The portion of her face that Kevin can see looks wild. Are you sure? Tell me something that nobody else knows. Care Kevin stares at her a moment. Uh, okay, um, you have a birthmark on your butt that looks like a slice of pizza? Care Claire breathes heavily, then grins at him briefly. Nodding, she pushes the door closed. Kevin hears the sound of the chain being removed, and then the door opens again. He pushes inside. Claire pulls him out of the way and slams the door shut again, flicking the lock closed and putting the chain back on. Claire grins at him, clutching her baseball bat, and throws her arms around him. Okay, so what's wrong? Claire takes him by the hand and sits on the hall bench. He sits with her. So, uh, what happened? Claire stares at him, wild-eyed. There was a knock at the door, and I went to go see who it was. Okay, and then what? I didn't see anyone through the peephole, so I opened the door. And then I stepped into the hallway, and there was this guy. Some guy in a trench coat and a hat walking down the back of the stairs. And did he flash you or something? Claire jumps up, agitated. I called to him. He just kept walking, walked right out the back door. Kevin grabs for her hand, trying to calm her. Right, yeah. And, and then what? I followed him outside, and but he wasn't there. He was just like, he was just gone. Kevin grabs Claire and tries to get her to sit down again. She pulls away from him, and grabbing his arm, she pulls him to the apartment door. I mean, that was weird, but then when I came back and then I saw it. So Claire, Claire is standing at the apartment door. 
She fumbles with the locks, gets them off, and flings open the door. She stands in the entrance and points the scratches in the door paint. That, that was scratched on the door. Kevin peers at it and then gently closes the door, locking it again. Claire stares at him. He takes her by the hand and gently leads her back to sit. Okay, so um, some weird guy was in the building and there was an eye scratched on the door. So what? Claire pulls sharply away from him. So what? <laughs> so what? Yes, honey. So what? <laughs> Don't you get it? It's another message. Well, it looks more like a prank of some sort. Claire jumps up and paces again. It's not a prank. It's a message. Another one. Uh, what's the message then? Claire grabs Kevin by the shoulders. They who sit in this package. Kevin stands up and puts her, his arms around her, making soothing motions. Honey, let's just calm down. Think about this. You sound a little crazy, like those conspiracy nuts you, you like to... Claire pulls away. I am not crazy. I'm right. Well... Claire pushes him away. What's wrong with you? This isn't a prank. You just, I don't think you realize how crazy you sound. Are you kidding me with this? Well, uh, you know, you love a good conspiracy. This is not a conspiracy and I am not crazy. No, no, of, of course not, but maybe a distraction Claire glares at him, then shudders. What? Yes. A distraction. The artist of it. Let's go. Right now. Okay. Sure. Okay. Kevin takes the baseball bat from her, grabs her jacket, and helps her put it on. She grabs her purse and reaches for the door. She steps out, peering from side to side, as Kevin steps out behind her and locks the door. His face concerned. Interior store continuous. Kevin enters the store, a nervous Claire right behind him. Gabriel spots him from across the room and beckons him over. Do you know him? Um, sort of. He's the guy who gave me the pamphlet, remember? Kevin takes Claire by the hand and leads her to Gabriel and the woman, Sybil Nix Phoenix, 40-ish, dressed in artistic boho chic, a turban, and large handmade industrial look earrings. Gabriel touches Kevin's shoulder, making Claire jump. So glad you made it, Kevin. Is this Claire? Gabriel turns his wild gaze on Claire. She steps back, bumping into Kevin, who grips her shoulders. Yes, uh, yeah, this is Claire. Gabriel holds out his hand. Claire stares at it. 
Kevin pushes her hand forward. She gives Gabriel a limp hand, a limp hand shake, then pulls her hand away. Gabriel turns to Nix. And this is Nix, the artist who created this exhibit. Clara glances around at some of the paintings and sculpture. All of it is disturbing and glorifying death, but each piece has a small image of hope, a flower, a sun, etc. She gestures to the thing covered by the sheet. And what's that? Ah, the centerpiece of my art. The dystopian body, a joyful celebration and mourning of the body necrotic. Claire stares at her, brow furrowed. That sounds... Kevin grabs her arm. Fascinating. Uh, why don't we take a seat, Claire? Claire glares at him, but lets him lead her to a chair. They sit and the lights dim. The audience takes their seats as Gabriel steps up to a podium off to the side. Nick stands off to the other side of the sheeted artwork, her head bowed. A spotlight illuminates Gabriel at the podium. Welcome. I'm glad you could all join me. Tonight, I'm going to tell you that it's going to be okay. Everything will be fine. Even though you are all dying, we are all, in fact, dying. And soon it will all be over. Claire whips her gaze around and realizes everyone at the meeting looks sick in some way. She pulls her jacket close around and settles into her chair. Gabriel raises his head, his face intense. I have lymphoma. My blood, my immune system is literally failing me. My body cannot protect me. It will eventually kill me. And like all of you, that means that I am dying. The crowd shuffles restlessly. Claire nudges an enwrapped Kevin. He pulls away, ignoring her. Before my diagnosis, I was a man of logic. Numbers and science were my touchstones. When I got sick, I did everything right. But in the end, none of it worked. Gabriel takes a deep breath, continues. So I started to pray every day for a miracle. I looked for answers, embraced other ideologies. And one night, while I was meditating with a group of others under the light of the moon, a fiery white light screamed out of the sky, smashing into the trees, Shaking the earth. The crowd murmurs. We all ran to see what had crashed to earth and were blinded by a white light. It was warm and glowing. It made me feel safe. And from this light came beings, creatures I had never seen before. I could not believe my eyes. The crowd grows louder. Gabriel holds up a hand. They spoke to us, and I felt them inside my mind. 
And suddenly they appeared as, as human, men and women, ordinary in appearance. I spoke to them. <laughs> I thought they were angels. Several people begin to pray. And they opened their mouths. Nothing came out. There was no sound, no words until I felt their words in my mind. Those words, they were not kind. They were cruel and they were awful. And I despaired. Several audience members moan and wail. They came to check on us, said that we were an experiment. But from the state of things that we had failed, that we were a disease upon the universe, that we had strayed too far from our purpose. Claire laughs and Gabriel glares uh, at her. You laugh, but this is what they told me. They called us filth. They called us shit. They said that we were a failed experiment. The crowd reacts with gasps and murmurs. Claire sneers, shaking her head. She leans into Kevin. Are you believing this crap? Kevin glares at her, turns his attention back to Gabriel. Oh yes, they came to clean up the universe, starting with us. Hmm. But they also needed our help. Their ship had crashed and they needed to fix it. Gabriel paces through the crowd and pats the old man on the shoulder. The core had become damaged and burnt its protective shell. They needed human DNA to create the organic living shell for the power source. Kevin jumps up. Why? Why human? Gabriel shushes him. <laughs> Our DNA is similar to theirs, though less pure after all these years. They needed to find someone with more of them still intact. And so they found a child and they infused it with their own DNA. Claire grabs Kevin's hand and squeezes hard. What the hell, Kevin? Is this guy talking about sacrificing a baby? Quiet, let's just listen. Gabriel stands at his podium gripping its edges tightly. And then they waited for the child to grow so that they could clone the heart to encase their power source. So have they been here all this time? Hmm. Oh yes, watching, learning about us. And a few months ago, things changed. Fade to interior store back room flashback. The sinister man sits at a small wooden table, staring straight ahead. The back door slams open, and the damaged woman, age indeterminate, dressed in monochromatic business wear, enters. Her clothes are askew, her hair disheveled, a sneer on her face. She stumps to the table, sits in the chair opposite the sinister man. They open their mouths, their voices audible only to each other. Tempest fruited, if it's plaything comes home. 
What has happened to you? The damaged woman cocks her head at him, slams her hands on the table. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. I have one eye. She points to her forehead. I do not understand. The damaged woman jerks to her feet and stomps around to stand behind the sinister man. Ring around the rosy. We all fall down. She slams her hands on the sinister man's ears. He lets out a high-pitched wail. She staggers back as the sinister man stands sharply and turns on her. You have become damaged. I must see why. He places a hand on her forehead. Montage. Images of rape, murder, incest, fracking, oil spills, forest fires, polluted cities, civil unrest. Interior store, back room, continuous. The sinister man recoils, pulling his hand away. He grabs the damaged woman's hand and places it gently to his forehead. Montage. Images of people building wells, healing the sick, planting trees, rescuing animals. Interior store back room continuous. The damaged woman pulls her hand away and retreats to the other side of the room, a facial tick repeating. A drop in the desert cannot fill the cup. Smoke and mirrors and the walls come tumbling down. Game over. The sinister man shakes his head, but the damaged woman runs to the door, pausing. We are the champions. I did it. She runs out, and the sinister man follows. Interior store, present. Gabriel faces the silent crowd. Faces are wet with tears, some confused. Claire glares at Gabriel. And what does all that nonsense mean? Gabriel glares back at her. It means we're toxic. We are a failure. They're here to clean up this end of the universe. By doing what? By ending this planet. And why not? We're all dying anyway. The room is silent. Claire stands, but Kevin pulls her back down. Just wait. Let's see this through. Claire sits, watching Gabriel intently. Gabriel stares directly at Kevin. Of course, it sounds absurd. But a split had formed in the aliens. Some wanted to save us. Some wanted to end us. I knew destruction was the only answer. And that's when I called Nix. Gabriel strides to Nix who raises her head and stares at the audience. Behold, the dystopian body, all that is wrong with the human race, all that is killing us, its disease run rampant. She reaches out, pulls the sheet off the object. Underneath is a hybrid human skeleton mannequin made up of various parts, 
all made to look diseased and dying. Plastic organs sit inside the framework, kidneys, stomach, intestines, lungs, but missing the heart. Some in the crowd laugh, some gasp. Claire scoffs. Kevin's face is wet with tears. Gabriel points to the place where the heart should be. Notice the heart is missing. Yeah, so? The heart is the engine. It's the start button of the body. Without it, it dies. Claire scoffs again. Are you saying that that thing is a bomb? Gabriel caresses the skeleton. No. The heart is the bomb. And if it isn't returned to the alien ship, the power source expands and obliterates everything around it. Our galaxy will cease to exist. The crowd are frantically whispering among themselves. Claire shakes her head. Are you people actually believing this? Gabriel slams his hand down on the podium. Why not? <laughs> it's science fiction. <laughs> Our distant ancestors thought fire was magic. They wrote stories about science fiction that have come true. It, it, it may defy logic, but who are you to say this is wrong? The crowd turns and glares at Claire. I'm just saying, it's, it's just it's pretty fantastic. Oh, indeed. But there's more, so much more. These beings, creatures, they said that our status as less than viable beings, despite all that, our energy, our souls, if you will, would return to the collective to find peace. The crowd grumble and some pray again. Now, who wouldn't like to find some peace? To know their energy was going to a better place place where they would live and be forever instead of dying here in a hundred years or less. Gabriel stares directly at Kevin. Kevin suddenly clutches his head and Gabriel strides across the room to grip his neck. Easy there. Easy. Believe in the message. Believe that this is the answer and that this pain, the pain in your head right now, the pain that all of us are feeling can end, and it will end. Gabriel lays his hand on Kevin's head. You have to believe. Keep the heart from the body so that we can all be set free. Kevin stares up at him, his face pained. The heart. The heart is safe, so nobody can find it. It's for the betterment of the universe. When? When does the bomb go off? Two days now, and we will all be saved, returned home to the collective soul of the universe. Are you sure it's safe? Yes, I told you, it's safe. Gabriel gives Kevin a long Gaze. Who? Who is it safe from? The Chosen. 
the baby they use to make the heart. Only they can touch it safely. Claire looks startled. But we watch, we watch for it. We watch for their human agent, their chosen one. Gabriel paces again. Do you know who it is? The chosen? No. No, that is why we watch. So long as we stop the chosen, we can all return to the universe. The crowd nod and chatter in agreement. How, uh, how do we stop them? Gabriel stares intently at Kevin. Any way we can. Kevin bows his head, then rushes out of the room. Claire rushes after him. Exterior street, outside the store. Kevin leans against the wall outside, his face pale, clutching his head, his mouth wet, and a puddle of vomit at his feet. Claire goes to him, touching his arm. He pulls away. Kevin, what's going on? You can't let what that guy said upset you. He's just crazy. No. He's not. At least least it makes sense to me. It makes sense? A whole lot of baloney about aliens visiting and thinking that we're the disease? That makes sense. Kevin wipes his mouth and stares at her. Yes. You just can't see how sick the human race has become. He shoves past her, pulling on the door and entering the store. I forgot my jacket. I'll I'll be back. He glares at her and steps inside. Interior store continuous. Kevin steps back into the store, watching as Gabriel dismisses the crowd. Thank you all for coming. Now go home. Spend time with loved ones. And prepare for the end. The crowd funnels past Kevin, who stands in their midst, watching Gabriel and Nix. Gabriel leans over and whispers to Nix. She nods and follows the crowd to the door. Exterior street, outside the store, continuous. Claire steps up to the door to follow Kevin, but the crowd blocks her. When the last has exited the store, she again steps up to grasp the handle, but Nix is standing on the other side of the door. Nix gives her a cryptic look. Remember, there is always hope. Nix locks the door, pulling the shade. Claire stares and knocks. Interior store continuous. Kevin stands in the middle of the room, staring at Gabriel. Gabriel stares back. Nix returns to his side. Claire's muffled knocking rattles through the silence then stops. Gabriel turns to Nix. Go. Get ready. He needs to see. Are you sure? I'm always sure. Nix nods and leaves through the door to the back room. Gabriel smiles at Kevin. Kevin. How... uh, Did you know I was sick. I wasn't completely sure, but you came back. 
So I guess you are. Yeah. I just got the results of my MRI brain tumor. Sorry, don't know why I told you that. Sorry to hear that. But don't worry about it. it. It doesn't matter. Or it won't in a few days' time. So long as everything goes right. About that. What? Was there something you didn't understand? You said the world is coming to an end. Yes, it is. And these aliens told you. <sighs> Come with me. Gabriel leads Kevin into the back room. Interior, back room. Gabriel leads Kevin into a sparsely decorated back room. Nix is perched on a stepladder, nervously eating from a bag of potato chips. Boxes with pamphlets sit in one corner, and in the middle of the room is a strange woman, indeterminate age, dressed in monochrome business wear, tied to a chair. The woman looks terrible, like she's dying. Kevin stops, shocked. What the hell is this? I'm sure this looks terrible, but I can assure you, she's fine. She's fine? You have a woman tied to a chair. She's not human. Not really. The woman looks up at Kevin. Her eyes are dark, the pupils dilated. She peers at Kevin as he shivers. Well, what do you mean? She, she's not human. Looks human. That's just the form she's taken. She's an alien. Kevin peers closely at the woman in the chair. Is she one of uh, those aliens you, you talked about? Yes. Well, is she dangerous? Enough. It's best if she's kept tied up. Yeah, okay. But I really don't understand what they have against humans. Well, they gave us free will to make our choices. We made terrible choices. Look at the state of the world. You mean the uh, environment, right? Environment, government, how we treat each other. That's why so many of us are getting sick and dying. We're killing ourselves as we kill our planet. Right. Sure. I can see you don't believe me. Kevin shakes his head. I don't not believe you, but keep going. Well, this extraterrestrial here is part of a faction that wants to save us. Her leader and her people think we're worth saving. Kevin circles the woman in the chair as he listens to Gabriel. What? I, I thought they came here to destroy us. They did at first. I guess they spent some time observing us and some changed their minds. They think they, they can save us now. And you don't? No, no, I don't. I believe that we are that failed experiment that has reached its terminal point. And this um, 
person. She's not the only one. No, she's but one of many. And they all think we should be saved. Oh, no, listen, half of them see our sickness. The other half are fooled into thinking that we can be saved. Right. So why is she tied up in the back of your room? Information. I need to find out who the Chosen is. And did you? No. Gabriel pulls the woman's head back by her hair. And torture is working. Yes. Doesn't that just prove their point? Yes. Gabriel puts his hand over the nose and mouth of the alien. Nick stops eating, holds her breath. The alien struggles a little. Kevin pulls Gabriel's hand away. If she can't talk, how can she tell you what you want to know? They speak with their minds, directly into ours. She could tell me any time. Gabriel glances over at Nick's. Bring me the heart. Let's see if using that to threaten her life will make her talk. Nix tosses aside her snacks, jumps off her perch, and goes to the cabinet set in the wall. She opens it, pulls out a metal box, opens the box, and gasps. She shows Gabriel the empty box. Gabriel is furious. He releases the alien woman, grabs the box, and throws it across the room. Kevin flattens himself against the door. Gabriel grabs Nix, shoves her against the wall. His mask, his face, a mask of rage. Where is it, Nix? Where is it? Nix struggles. I don't know. You put it there. You saw it last. Gabriel is infuriated. He glares at the alien woman, storms to her, reaches into his pocket and pulls out a pocket knife, slices his thumb until blood wells out. He shoves the bloody thumb into the alien woman's mouth. She begins to convulse and dies. Kevin is shocked. What the hell? What the hell just happened? Nick sidles to him, leans close. Human blood kills them. Too much of our DNA kills them. Not compatible. Gabriel continues to smear his blood all over the alien's face. Where is it? How did you take it from under my eye? Nix grabs Kevin's arm, pulling him away from the door. She gets the door open and shoves him through it. Go, get away. He's too dangerous when he's like this. She shoves Kevin's back and slams the door. Nix goes to Gabriel, grabs his arm, pulling at him. Gabriel is shaking with rage. The alien is foaming at the mouth, her eyes rolled back in her head, blood coming from her ears. Her seizure stops, and she falls limp. Gabriel, stop. She's dead. Stop. Gabriel, panting heavily, pulls his bloody, foam-flecked thumb from her mouth. He releases the alien, who slumps to the floor. He shoves Nix against the wall. We have to find it. We have to find who stole it. We will, I promise. 
Gabriel shoves the alien body out of his way and storms out the back door. Nix, shaking, sits in the chair, head in her hands. Exterior street outside the store. The door to the store flies open. Kevin races onto the street, the door slamming shut behind him. He turns and runs into Claire. Exterior street outside the store. Claire is leaning against the wall outside the store. She hears footsteps and the door flies open. Kevin rushes out and runs into her. Hello, Kevin. He grabs her arm, pulling her down the street towards their apartment. Come on, let's get home. Okay, but don't pull my arm. It hurts. He lets her arm go, but keeps walking quickly. Claire runs to catch up. Slow down. Are you going to tell me what that was about? At home. I just want to get home, okay? Fine. They hurry down the street to their apartment. Interior, store. Gabriel returns, stands in the back doorway, arms crossed, staring at Nick's. Nix looks up, pulling him inside, closes the door and locks it again. She turns and stares back at him. What? Why are you glaring at me? Just thinking about the heart, where it is, you would have taken it. Nix shrugs. Who even knew it was there? Well, that thing in the back room was here when you took it out, when you hid it. It could have seen and communicated with one of the others and they could have got someone to come take it. Right, right. That could have happened. Nix walks towards him, stops in front of him. It's most likely. Gabriel caresses her. You wouldn't betray me, would you, Nix? You believe in our cause, right? Nix. Because I'm your savior, aren't I? I believed in your art when nobody else would. I helped you find your voice, bring to life the darkness within you. showed you hope is futile of course yes i'm your most loyal follower Hmm. this world is shit and there's only one way out gabriel's posture softens and he hugs her then exits to the back room nix shudders and follows him exterior alley across from the apartment a short time before The sinister man stands in the shadows of the alley across from Claire's apartment. Shortly, another alien approaches, a nondescript woman, age indeterminate. She stands near him, and the two open their mouths wide. She has the package. Does she have the message? Yes. Does she understand the message? With hope, she will after now. What about our friend, 
that the death man has captive. I don't know. Should we go? A high-pitched squeal interrupts the woman. Both her and the man hold their heads, writhing in pain. The sound stops, and they recover, though they are shaken. Our friend no longer needs our help. You should go meet with the others. What will you do? Keep watch. They close their mouths, and the woman leaves the alley. Interior kitchen, super, day one. Kevin stands puttering at the counter, filling coffee cups. Claire comes to the kitchen, fully dressed, and grabs a cup from him. She sits at the table as Kevin looks askance at her. Morning. Everything okay? Claire glares at him. Fine. Uh, not okay then. I'm not okay either. He sits next to her and tries to take her hand. She pulls away, sipping her coffee. Why are you mad at me, Claire? Claire stares straight ahead and then relents. You know, last night, I was upset. I know. And that whole thing was strange and you didn't believe me about the man in the hallway and... I know. Oh, no. I believe there was a, a guy in the hallway who scared you. And... I saw the thing on the door. I, I don't know what it was. And what about that art exhibit? That was more like a cult meeting. I know. It was. And you went back inside. What for? I... Can you let me answer? Claire grips her coffee cup. Why can't you just believe in me? I mean, how often do I get upset like this? What? I do believe in you. And you don't get upset. You're pretty um, emotionless. Emotionless? Wow. <laughs> At least I'm not a trauma queen. And I know what I saw. I know what I felt. And you just... You just missed it, calling me paranoid. Kevin stands up and goes to the sink. His nose is slightly bloody. He turns on the cold water. He wets his hand and wipes out his nose before turning back to her. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. I'm not used to seeing you like this. I don't know how to handle you. Claire is furious. Handle? She grabs his face. You just don't get me, do you? Uh, what do you want me to say? And can you let go of my face? She stands suddenly, moving to put on her shoes. I'm going to work. I'll be at the salon doing something useful while I figure out what all this means. It's Sunday. Yes, I know. The salon will be closed. It'll be quiet. I can do inventory or something. Just something better than just sitting here and feel your condescension coming, coming at me. She storms to the front door, grabbing her purse and coat. 
Kevin stands stunned at the sink. The front door slams. He turns towards the front door and then staggers, holding his head. Exterior, city street. Claire marches along the street and suddenly stops. She glances around, but the street is empty of people except for herself. A car passes her and she jumps. Shaking herself, she hurries along the street. As she reaches the salon, a man in a dark coat exits the alley beside her work. She walks into him. Without paying attention, she flees into the alley and pulls out her cell phone. She stands shaking, phone ready, and watches the mouth of the alley, but the man is gone. Cautiously, she approaches the street again and peers from side to side. The street is once again empty. She puts her phone away and exits the alley, stopping short and running into Nick's. Nick's backs her into the alley. Exterior, city street. Kevin stands at the corner across from the store. He huddles in a doorway, mostly out of sight. He watches as Nick's backs Claire into the alleyway. He turns to leave and is confronted by Claire's sinister man in black. The man opens his mouth, but no sound comes out. Instead, Kevin hears his voice inside his own head. Come with me. Don't ask questions. Kevin shakes his head, but follows the man. Exterior, a park bench. The sinister man leads Kevin to a nearby park bench. There are two others in monochrome, one sitting on the bench and the other nearby, a man and a woman. The sinister man gestures for Kevin to sit. Kevin does so reluctantly. The sinister man stands in front of Kevin. All three open their mouths and their voices resonate in Kevin's head. Kevin Clay, we have a message for you. Kevin rubs his temples. Kevin Clay, your partner is chosen. Chosen? Yeah, I, I see. The others exchange glances. The second man touches Kevin on the arm. She is chosen. It is. She is. Chosen to save all of you. Kevin looks confused. Do you know who we are? Do you, Kevin? Yes, though we are not his, we are the ones who want to save you. Kevin looks uncomfortable. The man moves closer to him as Kevin inches away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here, we, here we go again. Let's go from Kevin looks confused, please. Kevin looks confused. 
do you know who we are? Yes, we are Gabriel's aliens, though we are not his. We are the ones who want to save you. Kevin looks uncomfortable. The man moves closer to him as Kevin inches away. Your species and ours were once the same, but we diverged. I don't, uh, I don't understand. Not enough time to show you. You must trust us and believe. Kevin stands to go, but the sinister man pulls him back down to sit. Your species has reached a critical point. We have. We have. Yes. Gabriel, the... Wait. What, what do you mean? All species go through this. Kevin attempts to stand again, but the sinister man pushes him back down forcefully. I don't understand. I, I don't like this conversation. Neither do we. But you have seen the destructors, the ones who would end this experiment. You have listened to their leader, and now you must listen to us. No, they, he told me the truth. He lied. He is afraid. The others are afraid of Claire. Kevin climbs over the back of the bench, but the woman grabs his arm. You must listen. Claire is chosen to save you all. You must help her or let her. But do not stop her. Kevin struggles to get away. Why her? Why? because she is the most like us. We gave her a part of ourselves as a gift. Kevin frees his arm and runs away. The three others watch him leave. Exterior, alleyway. Claire is backed up against a wall. Nix stands in front of her. You're that golf artist from last night. What do you want? Nix glances at the mouth of the alley then turns back. Do you have the heart? What? The heart, the glowing thing in the box. Did you get it? Yes. Why? Did you give it to me? What is it exactly? And why me? Nix jumps as a car backfires in the street. She grabs Claire's arm, pulling her deeper into the alley. It was me. I sent it. It's the trigger. The what? Weren't you listening the other night? Are you telling me that that story about aliens and an organic bomb of some kind is true? Yes, it's true. <laughs> you know how that sounds? Yes, and I wasn't a believer at first either until Gabriel told me his story. Then you better tell me the story. Nix checks the alley entrance once more before turning back. Exterior, a field. Flashback. 
a group of several humans with binoculars and a telescope stand on the edge of a field next to a forest. They watch the skies until something falls into the forest. They run towards the forest and stop as they see a glowing light. Shielding their eyes, they watch as some humanoid silhouettes approach. The forms emerge from the light and take human form. One of them is the sinister man. They approach the humans and take their hands. We have returned. We come to help. The humans react in fear and pull away from the sinister man. Some fall to the ground, blood coming from their ears, eyes, nose, and mouths. Some clutch at their heads. Some run away, screaming. One man pulls out a pocket knife and slits his own throat. The sinister man is horrified and withdraws to the glow in the trees with his friends. The glow disappears. Interior, a suburban neighborhood, night. The sinister man and one other humanoid alien walk down the darkened street of a quiet suburban neighborhood. They hold a small item that looks like a cell phone and scan each house as they pass. They stop at one house and nod to each other. They enter the house. The inhabitants are sleeping. The sinister man and his companion go upstairs and find a small baby girl asleep in her bed. They touch her forehead and leave. Exterior alleyway. Claire stares in disbelief at Nick's. Are you saying that I'm, I'm that baby? Yes, you are that baby. And how do you know that? What did they do to me? I know because their leader told me I'm his agent and they infused you with more of their alien DNA. What, why? You have to straddle both species equally, part human, part alien. Full humans can't touch it or they die. Full <sighs> aliens can't touch it or they die. Sorry, but this is too much to believe. Look, I get it's a lot to believe, but I don't think it matters. You and only you can touch the heart long enough to return it to the body and stop this. Even if I believe one word of this, I don't want that responsibility. Mm, not your choice. Now, I have to go. He'll be looking for me. Nix turns and starts to walk away. Claire chases her. Wait, so do I just have to put the thing back in the sculpture you made? I don't know. I made that sculpture, so I don't think that's the body they mean. Now I have to go. Nix pulls away, leaving Claire staring after her. Exterior, the brewery, outside. Kevin stands outside the brewery where he works. He takes out his cell phone and dials. He waits and then speaks into the phone. I need to speak with you. Meet me at the brewery. He hangs up and goes inside. 
Interior, apartment. Claire stands at her kitchen table, staring at the glowing heart resting in the box. She reaches for it, her hand shaking. She stops just short of touching it. With a deep breath, she grabs it, pulling it to her. Right. So it didn't kill me. I guess she was right. Claire shoves the heart into her jacket pocket and runs back out the door. Interior, brewery, later. Kevin sits at the bar in the brewery tap room, nursing a beer, a pitcher of brew next to his glass. Gabriel enters and sits down next to him. I'm here. What did you want? I don't like being ordered around. Kevin reaches for an empty glass, pours from the pitcher, and hands it to Gabriel. He then fills his own glass. I've seen them. They spoke to me. Gabriel sips his beer. I see. Uh, was it the leader? The one with the mark on his face? Yes. Him and two others. They each sip their beer. Hmm. And what lies did they tell you? Kevin stands up and paces, taking his beer with him. I don't think they were lies. I think they told me the real truth. Gabriel turns to Kevin, his face grim. Why do you say that? They showed me. They showed me when they first came. They came here. They came to help us. Hmm. Do you consider it help that they came with the bomb? You, you keep saying that, but, but what they showed me was they came and humans, us, we couldn't, we died. Gabriel pulls Kevin towards a seat and pushes him down, hovering over him. I know. I was one of the first they met. I was one of the few who didn't kill themselves. They were horrified. Gabriel leans into Kevin. So they took me into their ship. They showed me history. It was horrific. It's true about us being failures. Gabriel is nose to nose with Kevin, menacing. They showed me that their ship was damaged. Its heart was broken, and if it wasn't fixed, the ship would explode and take the galaxy with it. So, why would they let that happen? Why would they kill themselves too? They aren't corporeal like we are. They don't naturally have bodies. Death to their human form means nothing. They sip their beer in silence a moment. Okay, so I believe you. What about these factions? You said they split, what happened? They were waiting for the Chosen to grow up. And they lived among us, getting to know us. And then something happened. Their leader changed his mind about us. But his second in command, she saw the truth. But, but what? I, I don't understand any of this. I don't claim to understand them, but maybe they would rather enslave us. Okay, now they want to enslave us? This is sounding crazier by the minute. 
It's not crazy. I'm not crazy. I thought you believed me. Kevin, shaking, pushes Gabriel away. But the device, the, the thing, Claire has it. They sent it to her. Why? Why wouldn't they just put it back themselves? Whoa, 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 whoa. Your, your girlfriend has it? How? Someone sent it to her. It just showed up on our doorstep a couple of days ago. And you're just telling me this now? Was there anything other than the heart? Tell me! Kevin is visibly afraid. Yeah, that, that thing in the box, some cryptic message. Return the heart to the body by noon or the world explodes. Is that what it means? Yes! Yes, that's what it means. It just, it all goes boom! Shit. Why would they send it to her? Gabriel grabs his glass, the beer sloshing over. He takes a gulp. Because she is clearly the chosen. Okay. What's this body? What body? The, the sculpture? No. The ship is the body. And how is she supposed to know that? They will contact her. When? I mean, isn't time ticking? Bring her to me with the heart today. I'll fix it. Uh... Sure, okay. But, like, I won't hurt her. Just bring her and it. And you'll be doing mankind a great service. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Gabriel pats Kevin on the shoulder. Kevin twitches out of his grasp. Cut to exterior street outside the store. Claire furtively stops outside the alley. She glances both ways. The street is empty. She steps to the storefront window, peering inside. Dark. She steps to the door and knocks. No answer. She knocks again. No answer. She puts a hand on the knob, turns it, and steps inside. Interior, brewery. Kevin paces, Gabriel refills his glass. So, who sent it? What's to stop them from stopping us? I don't know yet. What if they hurt Claire? Hmm. Then you'd best bring her to me immediately, so nobody else gets to her. Kevin grabs his head and lets out a deep sigh. <sighs> Like I said, crazy. Gabriel grabs Kevin and pulls him in close. I am not crazy. I'm dying just like you are. Just like we all are. And those aliens had it right the first time. Humans are a disease in the universe. We don't belong and we can't let Claire stop the cleansing. Kevin pulls away. I may have a brain tumor. I'm probably going to die sooner rather than later, but none of this, none of it, sounds right. I'm not convinced that Claire is the Chosen. Kevin shoves Gabriel towards the door. You should go. Stay away from Claire. I'll figure this out. Gabriel leaves 
and Kevin finishes his beer. Interior, storefront. Claire looks around at the dimly lit, empty store interior. She stands in front of the dystopian body, her fingers grazing it. She spots the entrance to the back room and hurries to it. She opens the door and steps inside. Interior, back room. Claire steps into the dark room. She pulls out her cell phone, turning on the flashlight, and scans until she spots a dark stain on the floorboards. She moves towards it cautiously, bending closer. A soft noise, a soft sudden noise, makes her look up. The glow from her flashlight shows the sinister man standing in the open back door. She scrambles back, bumping the door to the front room so it slams shut. The sinister man enters, closing the door behind him. He stands, looking at her calmly. You. You are the one in my apartment building. Are you sending me messages? What do they mean? The sinister man stares at her, takes a step forward. Stop! What do you want? The sinister man points to her jacket pocket. He holds up one finger. What does that mean? One? One what? What do you want me to do with this thing? Claire pulls the heart from her pocket. The sinister man steps back, nostrils flaring. He holds up his hands to ward her away. Where can I? Where do I put this? Can you just take it? Claire strides toward him, the heart held before her. Just take it! The sinister man opens his mouth and a horrible sound fills the air. Claire winces and suddenly faints. Exterior, Claire's work. Kevin stands outside the salon where Claire works, peering in the windows to the darkened interior. The street is quiet. No Sunday traffic. He hears a scream. He turns towards it. Claire? Kevin races towards the art exhibit store. Gabriel is just opening the store and entering the building. Interior, back room. Nix steps to the back door of the room, pushing the half-open door. She spots the unconscious Claire on the floor, the glowing heart near her hand. Avoiding the heart, Nix kneels and shakes Claire. A noise from the front room alerts her. Gabe? Gabriel, is that you? Yes. Nix grabs Claire and drags her toward the back door. Using her sleeve, she picks up the heart and shoves it in Claire's pocket. Another sound at the back door startles her. Kevin opens the door, wild-eyed. He spots Nix and Claire and steps quickly inside to grab Claire and carry her outside. Nix softly closes the door, just as Gabriel enters the room. Gabriel eyes Nix suspiciously. Everything okay? Yes. I just heard a noise in the alley. Was checking to see if someone was snooping around. Gabriel steps to the door and opens it, peering out. He steps back in, closing the door. Nobody there. Good. Did you meet with him? Is he on our side? Yes, I think so. He'll bring the girl to us with the heart. Nick smiles and hugs him. Exterior alley continuous. Kevin holds the unconscious Claire in his arms 
out of sight behind a dumpster. He waits until he hears the back door close and then gently lowers her down. He shakes her and she wakens. She stares up at him. Mom, let's go. Can you walk? Claire struggles to her feet, nodding her head. Yes. Kevin takes her arm and helps her walk out of the alley. Exterior the alley, a moment later, the sinister man stands in the alley. He is met by two others, a nondescript man and a nondescript woman, dressed similarly to him. They stand facing each other and open their mouths. Their whispered conversation can be heard, but their mouths don't move. Chosen must be protected. The damaged woman and the death man will try to stop her. How? How can we protect her? We should tell her the truth. No. I don't know that she's ready for the truth. If not now, when? Soon, but she must have more knowledge. The sinister man points to the woman. You, you will lead her to the body and show her what to do. The nondescript woman nods and leaves. The other two watch her go. Exterior street, continuous. Kevin leads the shaky Claire along by the arm. She stops suddenly, reaching into her pocket. She sighs in relief. It's still there. Kevin nervously glances around. Come on, honey. We should get you home. Claire nods, and they continue until the damaged woman approaches them. She stops in front of them. They try to go around. She opens her mouth. Traveling into the penalty box. Claire and Kevin step back. What? Who are you? What, what do you want? The damaged woman grabs at Kevin. I'm the king of the castle. She sticks her finger into Claire's face. And she's the dirty rascal. Kevin steps in front of Claire. The damaged woman tries to get around him. He holds her off. Jack fell down and broke his crown, and Jill came tumbling after. Kevin shoves the woman away and grabs Claire. They hurry along as the woman tries to keep up. Button, button, you've got the button. Off with her head. Claire and Kevin reach their apartment building and rush inside. Interior, apartment hallway, Claire's door. Kevin and Claire reach the apartment door. Kevin struggles to get the lock open when a noise startles Claire. The nondescript woman is standing in the hallway. The woman opens her mouth and Claire hears her voice. Follow. The woman turns and walks down the stairs. Claire follows her. Kevin grabs for her. Claire pulls away. It's okay, Kevin. It's okay. Claire follows the woman down the stairs, out the back door to the parking lot. The woman stops and waits for Claire to catch up. Claire stops a few feet away from the woman. You must follow to the body. I'm not following you anywhere. 
I don't want this. Claire pulls the heart out of her pocket and holds it out to the woman. The woman recoils. Kevin steps onto the back step. Claire, be careful. Claire steps closer, the heart held before her. Just take it. Take it and do whatever you need to do and leave me alone. Claire grabs the woman and shoves the heart into her hand. The woman has a seizure, falls to the ground, and dies. Claire is horrified. Kevin runs to her. The body of the woman turns to dust. The heart sits on the pavement, glowing softly. You better grab that. Claire glances at him, picks up the heart, and takes Kevin's hand. They return to the apartment building. Interior, apartment. Claire sits at the kitchen table, drinking dark liquid from a glass. Kevin sits with her, a bottle of whiskey between them. The heart sits on the table, glowing softly. Kevin takes her hand. Claire. She pulls her hand away. What? I killed her. I killed that woman. She wasn't like us, human. Claire grabs the bottle, fills her glass, takes a long swallow. Claire grabs the bottle, fills her glass, takes a long swallow. She said I was chosen. Chosen to be the one to return the heart to the body. She pokes the heart where it sits. I don't even know why it glows. Power source. Claire reacts sharply. What? It's the alien ship power source. It has to be encased in organic matter. Claire reaches out to touch it again, but pulls her hand away. Is it, is it dangerous? What? The power source? Yes. Not to them. Not to you. She grasps the heart in her hand, pulls it to her, then holds it out to him, gesturing for him to take it. Here, can you take it? N no. She pushes it at him. Touch it, Kevin. I want you to touch it. I want to see what it does to you. Kevin reaches out a finger and quickly touches the heart. A crackle of electricity shocks him, and he suddenly falls face first onto the table, clutching at his head. Claire pulls the heart away and tucks it into a pocket. She stands, grabs a kitchen towel, dousing it with cold water from the tap, then putting it on the base of Kevin's skull. Kevin, are you okay? I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Kevin moans softly, then raises his head. He reaches around and holds the towel in place. Yeah, I'm okay. I guess I can't touch it, at least not with bare hands. No. 
Not with bare hands. Claire sits back down. I have to tell you something. Kevin takes a slug of his whiskey. I'm sick. Really sick. What? You have headaches. You got tested? Yeah. I went for tests and it turns out I have a growth, a thing of growing in the center of my brain. A tumor? Yeah. Claire's face goes blank. Well, how long have you known? Since you got the package. Why didn't you tell me right away? Things haven't been so great with us, and I don't know. You should have told me right away. Anyway. Kevin drinks. Claire puts her hand on his arm. And is this why we, why we went to that art exhibit? Yeah. I read the pamphlet. It seemed to make sense. So instead of talking to me, you chose to go listen to a death cult. Kevin glances at her, pours more whiskey. I spoke to him before we went. I see. You still chose a stranger. His name is Gabriel. I thought it would be more like a support group. Saying that we're all going to die does a seem very supportive. Yeah, well. But obviously there's more to it. Obviously. There always is. What does that mean? Nothing. Him and his girlfriend, the artist, both a couple weirdos. He gives her a faint smile and takes her hand. She pulls away. Yeah, well, I gravitate towards weirdos. Wow. Whatever. And what about the other guy? The guy with the hat? The sinister guy who knocked me out? I don't know him. But don't you care that I'm dying here? I do care. Bro, I don't know what to do about it at this point. I don't know either. Claire pats his hand. Kevin jerks away from her. Kevin shakes his head. So, who, who is the woman who spoke in riddles? Her? Don't know. She might be the other alien, the one who wants to let, let us all burn. Are you sure you don't know? I don't know. Claire clenches her hands into fists. Kevin, honestly, I just, I'm tired. My head hurts and I just, I just want. Your head hurts. Never mind. Never mind. I guess, I guess I have to figure this out on my own. And I'm going to return this thing wherever it belongs as soon as I find out where that is. I don't think you should do that. Don't get a stay. I'm going to go find Nick, the artist, 
and see if she can tell me what I need to know. Claire stands to leave. All I wanted, all I wanted was something to inspire me. Something more than just assisting. This is not what I wanted. It's not what I wanted either. Claire turns away and leaves the apartment. Exterior street outside the store. Claire reaches the storefront. She peers inside and sees Nick's alone. She knocks. Nick sees her, looks over her shoulder, and motions for Claire to go away, pointing towards the alley. Claire nods and hurries away, entering the alley. Exterior alleyway. Claire huddles behind an HVAC unit, waiting for Nick's. Nix comes into the alley from the other end and huddles with Claire. What are you doing here? He'll find you. I don't care. I need to know where to sleep this morning. She pulls the heart from her pocket. Nix looks terrified. Put it away. They can feel it. Claire shoves it back into her pocket. The aliens, the man and the woman. Have you seen her yet? Um, she looks beat up. Speaks in riddles. That's her. She's she's damaged somehow. The other one, the man, says she spent too much time with the wrong kind of humans. Matter. Not sure what she said. Something about off with my head. Nix nods. That would be her. Now I have to go back inside. Gabriel is there. Meet me at the brewery down the street. Is that where the body is? Close. Now go. Nix runs off. Claire runs to the other end of the alley and runs into the damaged woman with two other disheveled aliens. Claire stops. They move towards her, blocking her exit. I know who you are now. Let me pass. The damaged woman advances on her, flanked by her minions. You shall not pass. The eye is upon you. You cannot take the precious to the fire. Claire runs down the alleyway, exits the other end, and comes face to face with the sinister man and several minions. The sinister man stands calmly, waiting. Claire tries to move around him, but they stand in her way. The sinister man walks, walks. slowly towards her. Claire pulls the heart from her pocket and holds it out before her. The sinister man stops, watching her. You want this? You can have it. I don't really want any part of this. I just want to be left alone. The damaged man, the damaged woman, and her minions catch up to her. The two groups face each other. Their voices grow louder in Claire's head. Red Rover, Red Rover, send your man over. She approaches Claire, but the sinister man and his minions stand in her way. No, you may not hurt her. All good things must come to an end. It is good. It does not have to end. They shoot horses, don't they? Claire is bent over, holding her head. The two groups of aliens converge. There is hand-to-hand fighting. Claire sees an opening and runs from it. The two groups pursue her. Exterior street, continuous. Claire races down the street and runs full force into... Kevin. He grabs her and pulls her behind a car. Claire is terrified and clings to him. 
He soothes her. Kevin, I don't know what's going on. And I'm so sorry I got mad. But please help me. I have to get to the brewery. Okay, okay. Come on. Claire nods and Kevin leads her away at a run. Exterior city street moments later. Kevin leads Claire by the hand down the street. The aliens pursue her. Kevin and Claire race across a restaurant parking lot and jump in the back of an open delivery van. Kevin closes the door and holds Claire while they listen. The van starts up and they're thrown to the floor of the van. Where do you think this is going? I don't know or care. Thanks for helping me. I love you, Claire. Claire hugs him. I know. She lays her head on his shoulder as the van rumbles away. Exterior, interior, delivery van brewery, evening. The van stops and back door opens. The delivery driver, 20s, stands staring at Kevin and Claire. Uh, hi. Kevin stands, pulling Claire with him. Hi. Uh, where are we? The driver points. Brewery. Kevin and Claire peer out of the van. Kevin jumps down and helps Claire next. Thanks. Claire looks at the sky. You were in there for a long time. This is your brewery? Yeah. Come on. Let's go in. Nick said to meet her here. Nick's? Oh, the artist. Is she for or against the world ending? Against, I think. She sent me the heart. Oh. Claire takes Kevin's hand. He locks eyes with Claire. Are we safe here? Safer here than at home. Nobody will think to look for us here. Except next. Yeah. Um... I don't think she's going to tell anyone we might be here. Claire stops, putting her hand in her pocket. Wait. The heart. The aliens. They can feel it. Well, then I guess we're just going to have to keep watching. Hope for the best. You're going to try to stop me. Are you going to try to stop me? Stop me from putting the heart back where it belongs? Not tonight. Claire hesitates again. Kevin, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hurt me, would you? No, Claire. Not for anything. Okay. Come on. Brewery's closed up. There's a couch in the tap room. We can try and get some sleep. Right. Tomorrow is the day. Kevin nods and they walk towards the brewery. Interior, brewery, tap room, morning. Super, five hours. Claire is asleep on the sofa in the tap room. Kevin emerges from the kitchen area with two cups of coffee and a couple of donuts on a plate. He sets everything down on a nearby table and gently shakes Claire. She jumps and opens her eyes. Morning. I've got coffee and a day-old donut for you. Claire sits up, rubbing her face, running her fingers through her hair. 
she realizes she isn't wearing her coat and panics. Relax. Your jacket is there. The thing, it's in the pocket. He pushes her coffee towards her and the plate of donuts. Here, eat, drink, come on. Claire glares at him and picks up the coffee, takes a sip. Kevin pushes the plate at her again. She ignores it. So, what are you going to do? What I have to, Kevin. Return this damn thing where it belongs. Oh. Don't you think... She cuts him off. Just stop bugging me. I can't take any more of you hovering over me. Stop trying to control me and tell me what I should or shouldn't be doing. Kevin looks wounded. I'm only trying to help Claire. No, 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 no. No, you are not. At least you're not trying to help me. You're trying to help you, which I guess is fine, but you don't get to tell me what to do anymore. I can make my own decisions. Just leave me alone. Shaking, she sets her cup down and shoves the donut and plate onto the floor. Kevin is shocked, his expression grim. After a moment, Kevin cleans up the donut and broken plate. Sorry, I'm just... It's fine. It's all fine. They sit in silence a moment. No, nothing's fine, Kevin. Claire's phone beeps. She scrambles in her other jacket pocket and pulls it out. She opens the text message. It reads five, followed by the eyes emoji. She stares at it. As she stares at it, another text comes in. It's a string of emojis. A heart, a spaceship, planet Earth. What? What does it say? Just a reminder what I have to do. Kevin nods, finishes his donut, downs his coffee. A knock at the taproom door startles them both. Kevin motions for Claire to stay put. He goes to the door and looks out. Nix pushes her way inside. Nix rushes to Claire. Kevin stays at the door, watching. You still have it. Claire grabs her jacket, clutching it to her. Yes, of course. Good. Then you need to run. We can get to the ship long before the deadline. Kevin slams the door shut. I don't think you can run. They're here. So, which side are you on, Kevin? Kevin locks the door and returns to sit with Claire. I... I won't let them hurt you. But I won't stop them from stopping you. I'm sorry. Claire grabs her jacket and pulls it on. Fine. Come on, Nick. Let's go out the back. Nix and Claire run to the back door. Exterior brewery, back entrance. Nix and Claire burst from the back door, only to stop dead. The damaged woman and a large group of her followers are blocking access to the wooded area. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, stuck in the middle with you. Claire pulls the heart from her pocket, holding it in front of her and moving slowly towards the damaged woman. Go ahead, make my day. Gabriel and his people appear around the end of the building. Don't come closer. I'll use this. 
Gabriel strides towards Claire. Nix tries to stop him, but he shoves her aside. Gabriel reaches for Claire. Kevin bursts through the back door and tackles Gabriel. Nix staggers to his feet. Kevin tosses a set of keys to Nix, who manages to grab them. Go. Take Claire away. Take the van. Nix grabs Claire, and the two women make a break through Gabriel's followers. The crowd of sickly followers tries to stop the women, but fail. The damaged woman points her minions in their direction. Fly, fly, my pretties. The damaged aliens chase Nix and Claire around the building. The two women reach the delivery van and jump inside. Nix jams the key in the ignition, and the motor roars to life. She peels out of the parking lot, leaving both Gabriel's minions and the damaged aliens in the dust. Exterior, Country Road. Nix drives to a fork in the road. She stops and pulls over, turning to Claire. Which way? I don't know. Where's the ship? Behind the brewery, about two miles back in the brush. Is there another way in? Maybe there's a couple of farmer fields on the opposite side. We might be able to get there that way. Great. How much time do we have? Left. Claire glances at her phone. It reads 8.15. About four hours or less. Okay. Which way? Right. Uh, go about 15 miles, then down a country road. Nix puts the van in drive. Exterior, brewery, parking lot. Kevin sits at a table outside the brewery. His face and hands are bruised and battered. Gabriel exits the brewery and stands before him. What? I thought you understood. I do. But I said I wouldn't hurt Claire or allow her to be hurt. I wasn't gonna hurt her. Just stop her. I don't trust you. Oh, that's a shame. He turns toward the building. You can come get him. He's all yours. The damaged woman and her minions come from around the end of the building. Kevin stands and tries to get away, but Gabriel stops him. The damaged minions grab him and pull him away. The damaged woman shakes Gabriel's hand. There's no place like home. Kevin is dragged behind the brewery and into the woods. Exterior Country Road, three hours. Nix turns into a narrow country road, farmer's fields on either side. She drives a short distance, then stops, a stone retainer wall blocking the way. Claire jumps out and stands on the wall, looking in both directions. She turns to Nix and shakes her head. Nix turns off the engine and jumps out of the van. I guess we hike from here. Right. How far is it, do you think? I hope it's not too far. How much time? Claire looks at her phone. Just under three hours. We better get going. Nick starts to move, but Claire holds her back. Wait, why are you helping me? I thought you were with Gabriel. Nix wipes her face. I am, was. He's different now. Not the man I thought he was. Well, why did you stay? Ugh, my gratitude. Can we go now? Claire nods and they set off in the direction of the brewery. Exterior, wooded area, two and a half hours. The damaged woman and her minions are trudging through the woods, shoving Kevin before them. He stumbles and stops. 
panting. Stop. Let me stop. It, it's hot out here and I, I just need a minute. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah. Where are you taking me? Home, sweet home. The minions pull Kevin to his feet and push onwards. Behind them are Gabriel and his followers. Exterior, Farmer's Field. Super, 30 minutes. Claire and Nick struggle to walk through the last of the field they've been marching through. A line of trees is ahead of them. Claire stops a moment, panting heavily. Nick carries on, but returns when she realizes Claire has stopped. Fine. Claire glances at her phone. 30 minutes until noon. Nick glances up at the sun. The sun is almost at its peak. I know you're tired, but we're almost there. Just a little further. This better work. I mean, if this doesn't stop the end of the world, I will hunt you in whatever place we end up. That's fair. Claire and Nick stumble toward the trees. Exterior, wooded area, 20 minutes. Kevin and his captors stumble into a clearing. Before them is a huge pile of tree limbs and leaves and brush. Smoke them if you got them. Her followers begin to pull down the camouflage as Kevin collapses on the ground. Gabriel and his followers straggle in. Gabriel sits next to Kevin. But your sabotage, we made it. They can't stop it now. What do you care? Oh, my dear boy, I care. I care that so many are in pain. Kevin cuts him off, sitting up and poking a finger in Gabriel's chest. Shut up about your stupid, stupid theories. Just because you're dying doesn't mean healthy people should die. None of us are truly healthy. The damaged woman wanders up, squatting next to them. Hold you in his armchair. You can feel his disease. Kevin shoves at the damaged woman and staggers to his feet. He stumbles away and finds a large rock to sit on. Gabriel moves to follow him, but the damaged woman stops him. Good night, Irene. She shakes her head. She and Gabriel approach the minions, tearing down the camouflage, Slowly, the ship is uncovered, a large domed football shape. The damaged woman approaches and touches a small panel with her hand. A hiss of air is followed by a hatch lowering from the ship. A loud, high-pitched sound echoes through the woods. The humans all fall to the ground. The minions turn and face the source of the noise. The sinister man has arrived, with his army of minions, their mouths are open and emitting the alarm. The damaged woman approaches the sinister man. They struggle, and she is struck down. Exterior, wooded area. Super, seven minutes. Claire and Nix trudge through the woods, the sun almost at its peak, beating down through the trees. They reach a clearing and see the mound of camouflage and the damaged woman's minions tearing it down. Nick stops Claire. Damn, she beat us here. Take out the heart. It's your only chance to get past them. Claire pulls the heart from her pocket and gazes at it, glowing softly in her hand. Bernie, something so small can save the world. 
A high-pitched sound blares through the air. Nix is knocked to the ground. Claire reaches for her and realizes the sound isn't harming her. She looks down at the heart and pats Nix on the shoulder. I'll be back. I'm sorry, but I don't have much time. Thanks for your help. Claire marches towards the ship, the heart held before her like a sword. Exterior wooded area, three minutes. Claire runs around the end of the ship and sees the fighting. She spots Kevin lying on the ground. She runs to him. Kevin, are you okay? Kevin squints at her and points to the ship. She nods and races towards the open ship, avoiding the combatants. As she reaches the ship, the sounds stop and the damaged woman steps in her path. Not so fast, my pretty. I'll get you and your little dog. The damaged woman reaches for Claire, but Kevin grabs her leg, holding her back. Claire shoves the heart at the damaged woman, pressing it to her forehead. The the damaged woman falls to the ground, seizing like a flopping fish. Melt. The woman stops moving, and Claire pulls the heart away. The sinister man steps to her side. Go! Only seconds remain! Claire turns to the ship to go into the ship, but Kevin grabs her. Claire, please wait. Claire stops and turns to face him. You won't stop, will you? No, I have to do this. There's so much life left to live. Not for me. You don't know that. There has to be some treatment, something. Just, no. Claire turns back and steps onto the ramp. She races inside and sees a small empty spot in the inner hull. She looks at the heart and it starts to glow more intensely. She steps up to the empty spot as her phone alarm jingles. She slips the heart into the hull. It clicks into place as her alarm ends. She pulls out her cell phone and the time reads 12.01. She sighs in relief and turns, exits the ship. Exterior wooded area continuous. As she walks down the ramp, a cacophony of whispered thank yous fills the air, and Claire smiles. She finds Kevin sitting dejected on his rock. She sits beside him. You get to live. Claire takes his hand. And I'm sorry, Kevin, but there are too many lives at stake. I believe these aliens will help us get back on track. They changed their minds after all. You don't actually love me, do you? What? Oh, Kevin, I care. I, I truly do. No, I don't love you anymore. And I haven't for some time. So you just don't care if I die? Of course I don't want you to die. But those, but the whole world doesn't have to end. So many others will live 
And I'm sorry. I know I must sound cold and, and heartless. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I just think the world, Kevin, the whole world, and maybe things will work out for you too. These aliens. Kevin stares at her. I'll get my things out of the apartment and I'll support whatever choices you make from here on. But Kevin, doing the right thing for everyone does not make me a bad person. Whatever you say. Claire spots Nick's coming towards her. I should go. She stands and walks out of the clearing. Exterior, wooded area, evening. Kevin still sits on the rock where Claire left him. He is alone until the sinister man appears from the ship. He offers Kevin his hand. Kevin stares at him a moment and then takes his hand. He follows the man into the ship. Come with me. I have something for you. He leads him into the ship. Interior, alien ship. As they enter the ship, a large group of aliens greet them. They beckon to him to sit in a chair as they form a circle around him. Confused, he glances around. What, uh... What are you going to do to me? Give you a better life. The aliens lay their hands on him and open their mouths. Fade out. <laughs>